Hello, everyone, and welcome to another podcast with Chimera Theater. Uh, as you know, there will be an artist spotlight on the 1st, a Chimera Theater podcast on the 15th, but now we're all about Harry Potter, so let us talk. Woo! <laughs> yeah, just a two-hander today, just me and Britt talking yeah. about Harry Potter, and we're both a little under the weather, so <laughs> this one might be a little bit weird. Anyway, Brittany mm-hmm. has a list of topics she wants to talk about. I just made a list. We don't have to talk about them. I assume you had stuff, too. Uh, I had stuff rattling around, but a lot of it is on your list, so. Oh, okay. Cool. So, item number one. Um, what is your favorite Harry Potter book? Uh, well, my favorite growing up was always Chamber of Secrets, because I was way into snakes. Gross. But it was also the one that scared me the most that I had to sleep with my parents. Because of the snakes? Yeah. Well, the snake... Yeah, it was just scary. I always had nightmares about waking up and like, Oh my god, there's yellow... I'm dead. Oh. Spoiler alert. There's a basilisk that can kill you. I guess we should put like a spoiler warning. There will be spoilers. Listen, if you haven't experienced Harry Potter yet, you're not gonna. That's not true. I know lots of late bloomers. But I'm just saying, spoiler alert. But it's like telling people, spoiler alert, Darth Vader <coughs> is Luke Skywalker's father. It's like, if they're not culturally aware of all the spoilers, then... I hate spoilers. But it's been out long enough that it's your fucking fault. I know. If you don't want to see a spoiler, no, don't, you know, don't listen to a Harry Potter podcast. Yeah. It's going to be, it's labeled Harry Potter. That's true. So, Chamber of Secrets is mine. Yours? Mine is the Half-Blood Prince. Why? Because it's more centered, not more centered. It focuses quite a bit on my favorite character. So, I like that book because you get a better understanding of this certain person. And I liked that. And I just, I don't know, it was darker. And it was like leading up to the like the epic battle, so I, I don't know. I just liked it. Well, instead of them responding to what <laughs> was doing, yeah, I might bleep that out. <laughs> oh my god! Every time we say, <laughs> you have to bleep it out. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Um, they were leading up to actually putting a plan in place to fight him and defeat him, as yeah. opposed to just. Oh, he has a plan, he's going to do this, let's respond in the best way we can. Yeah, and also there's a pretty sad death. Well, there's a lot of sad deaths, but uh, I don't know. The sixth one has a pretty big death in it that gets me. Yeah, the death of Albus Dumbledore. Yeah. Like we said, spoiler alert. That's true. That's sad because he's, you know, you think of him as the Gandalf. Like somehow yeah. he's going to be the deus ex machina that saves everything. Yeah, I And he kind of is. I at least thought like he would... Make it to the last book. But, I mean, they, they kind of allow for that with the portraits. Yeah. Which is a thing that I want to get into later. And the phoenix. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So your next thing. Who is your favorite character? Ooh. Books or movies? Mm, books. Mine doesn't change. That's why I was weirded out. Okay, why don't you start? I kind of have to think of mine. Mine's Professor Snape. Why? Uh, 
because I always like the weird ones in I, I in movies because I was a movie watcher before a book reader. So I was just always really uh, interested in him, and I like oh, I like people who are kind of mean to like the mains because they don't deserve to always get what they want. Well, he's human. Yes. And, like, his whole story, his whole arc in that series is, like, so heartbreaking. And everything makes sense. And the fact that he is watching, he's, like, protecting Harry. Begrudgingly. Who looks so similar to his dad who bullied him throughout his whole years at Hogwarts. And has the eyes of the woman he loves. Except not in the movies. But in the books... Well, no, he does. They just change it to blue. I know, but it's stupid. He was allergic to the contacts. I know. Oh, well. <laughs> but, yeah, it's nice to have <coughs> someone that's not meant to be totally perfect. Yeah. He was, like, so human. And I really liked that about him. I just, I thought his story was probably one of the most interesting, in my opinion. Um... But yeah. Also, because I felt like a lot of people didn't like him. So I automatically usually pick, like... Do you like villains in general? I do like villains, but I would never say he's a villin. Um, he is, he's an antagonist, definitely. He is, most but that doesn't mean you're a villain if you're an antagonist. Yeah, but throughout most of the series, when you don't know what his true intentions are... Yeah. He is a villain. Yeah, which made his death so much more sad. <clears throat> Um, yeah, I, I just really like Snape. Nice. Severus Snape. Alright, well, I guess for me, book-wise, probably be Ginny Weasley. Right. Because she's a fucking badass. Yeah. And I, I don't think I need to describe it any more than that. No. She's like how I picture Lily would have been. Ah. Lily Yeah. I, I like those kind of characters. Yeah. They're like, take charge. This is what I want. I will tell you, like, this is where the line is. Mm-hmm. Fuck off. <coughs> Granted, it also has the trope that I don't like. Like, she's that way because she has so many older brothers. Mm-hmm. Which is a kind of a cliche when trying to write strong female characters. Like, oh, I had to be this way. Yeah, well, I think she struggled, JK, that is, with making really any of the females like super strong Mm -hmm. like their intentions were strong but even Hermione she just is the stereotype of the nerd nerd. yeah like she can't have fun or she doesn't know how to have fun because she's a smarty pants she's like a sitcom character and that as the seasons go they just become about that one thing yeah that's sort of what she was to me yeah which is unfortunate, because, like, she was one of the mains. And I was like, you're super boring. I guess also Lupin. Yeah. Just because his life is sad. Yeah. Oh, and I hated the death scene. Or lack thereof. Yeah. But I think I made it even sadder in the movies. Mm. Just because, like, you didn't see a lot of their deaths. And I know lots of people were mad about that. But I kind of like that it was like... But that's war. This is exa- That's exactly it. It's like, oh, there's a m- like lots of bodies. And, oh, we know that body. We know that body. 
A little sad. Mm-hmm. I actually like most of the Weasley family. Yeah, Mrs. Weasley. I like just old ladies. And old southern men. <laughs> Which Harry Potter didn't have, so... Come on, you would have loved Arthur if only he had a southern accent. That's true. That's probably why I liked Hagrid. That was probably the yeah. closest it came to. Yeah. And your favorite character in the movies? <sighs> oh, that's tough. I, you know, probably Snape. Yeah, fuck yeah, Alan Rickman. Yeah. Love that guy. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so, this is a question that I was thinking about. But, would Harry have been able to defeat Lord Voldemort? You have to, damn it. Without Ron or Hermione. I don't think so. No, and I think that was the point of it. Yes. Is that, as a person that grew up alone with no one to trust, he has to learn to trust people because he's not... And they make this clear in the last in the last book. Sorry, she makes this clear in the last book. He's not some incredibly talented person. Mm-mm. He's a guy that's been in the right place at the right time. He's kind of got like and Ash Ketchum syndrome. I wouldn't say it's necessarily like he's earned it, but yeah. he definitely has. Ash like Ketchum you said, he's been there it. at the right time, or he's had people kind of help him along the way. Which I mean, that's just like in life. You can't do everything by yourself. Yeah, the point is he's just an average person. He's not some brilliant, yeah, you know, tactician or anything. Which is kind of nice because there was more at stake then because all those deaths became a lot more... Important. Yeah, important and meaningful because of the cause. Well, and and the- like the guilt that he probably was feeling about it all because they were essentially sacrificing themselves so that he could get further to defeat him. Mm-hmm. It's like like that resurrection stone scene. Bleh. Well, and then Except should Snape have been there? Well, no, they didn't like each other. I know, but like that would have been interesting. It would have if like even if it was like he didn't say anything but he was there. I think that would have been so cool because Harry did know after that point he yeah. knew what Snape had done. Like, making the ultimate sacrifice for him. But, I don't know. I'm, I've always been like, I wonder if Snape should have been there. That would have been interesting. Yeah. I think the whole idea of Harry was that he, like I said, he's right place, right time. Mm-hmm. And he's willing to sacrifice himself, too. Yeah. And so, it's not just, I can't believe they're the ones. Like, they're dead. It's like, that should be me. Yeah. So when he sacrifices himself for everyone, which is like the most Jesus yes. reference. Which is why he got resurrected back. He died for all of their sins. Yeah. Do you think, I just thought of, thought of this now, do you think Neville could have done it? I think so. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think that was, again, that was the thing that they were drawing on is that it's not about ability because Neville didn't have ability. I know but I feel like Neville doesn't have or at least didn't have like the social cues and stuff to like even make friends. Nor did Harry. Yeah but Harry made friends with the losers but he made friends with really powerful wizards. 
Well, but again, I don't know. Neville's a little bit different because if his parents were dead, he wouldn't have grown up seeing them being, you know, messes. His story is so fucking sad. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry, I just thought of Neville. There is, I read a thing because uh, JK can just like make up shit now that she doesn't have to write the books anymore. Well, that's what she was doing. She was I making know. up shit. But like now that's she art. could just be like, ooh. Um, that, because people weren't curious to see that like once Voldemort, I'm just going to say his name so many times, mm-hmm. um, was defeated if there was a way to bring back Neville's parents. Mm-hmm. And she said that there was no way that they were still going to be living yeah, I mean, there's, there's magic, but there's a limit. I know, but I was like, oh, that's just so sad. Anywho, I also like Bellatrix, but I know no one likes no, she's her. No, a good villain. Oh, yeah. She's just fun. That would be a fun... I think, like, if I had to pick movie character besides Snape, I think hers would have been one of the funnest roles, just to, like, be insane with a wand and kill your cousin. As far as performances, I loved Jason Isaacs. He played Lucius Malfoy. Oh, yeah. He's... Malfoys are very interesting characters, too. I was never a huge Draco fan. No. I no. know, like, people were obsessed with him, and, like, Katie likes him. Well, like, what is what was his upbringing like? Yeah. I just mean, like, the Malfoys in general. I'm like, bleh, whatever. There's assholes. Okay, moving on. Was Slytherin really the bad house? Well, see, and now we get to the entire conflict in Harry Potter. The fact that they divide them up, essentially deciding their future based on how they are at 11. Yeah. Well, and it's sort of chicken eggy <coughs> for me. It's just like, because it, it's summed up in a line, like, early on in the first book and movie. It's like, there's not a witch nor wizard that went bad that wasn't from Slytherin. Yeah. And granted, that was back when she was trying to make it a children's series. Right. Sorry, apparently there's a train upstairs. It's super windy, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, again, like I said, it's it's chicken-eggy. Cause I'm, do people think they're assholes because they're assholes? Mm-hmm. Or are they assholes because everyone thinks they're going to be an asshole anyway? Might as well, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Your I, fate is decided for you at that point. Yeah, like in uh, <laughs> the seventh movie, I guess it would be the eighth. Whoa, it's windy out. I guess it would be the eighth movie if it's seventh part two. Yeah. But when <laughs> McGonagall sends... Oh, I love McGonagall. Oh, movies, yeah. Movies, movies... Uh, and books. Yeah, McGonagall's pretty fucking awesome. Uh, when she sends all the Slytherins to the dungeon <laughs> because, like, one spoke up, I was like, that sucks. It's like, wow, you're just judging all of us by that one, hey? Yeah. But, I mean, that's life. Well, but that's what I mean, is that the good guys aren't really good yeah. either. Yeah. It's all gray. Except for Voldemort, he's pretty much bad. Yeah, Voldemort is a very bad guy. Yeah. But I wonder if <coughs> the people serving under him, you know, the ones that aren't tricked into, yeah, are they really bad? Or are they just, I don't want to die. Yeah, well, that's like the Malfoys, though. It's like, you know what? I don't want to be a target. Yeah. Because they would be. Yeah. Especially since they knew, like, what Voldemort was capable of. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Yeah, I just always thought that was interesting. Or like, I just, the whole housing thing is so stupid. <laughs> I'm a snake. Well, yeah, it's just like, you, like, why can't you be all those things? And Slytherin, it's not, they were just ambitious, and that makes them bad people. <laughs> yeah. Like, so, get your priorities straight then. Like, how dare you want to achieve your goals? <laughs> Um, and like Hufflepuffs, I, I'm very biased because I am a Hufflepuff, uh, through and through. If anyone knows me, I am a Hufflepuff. And all we had was Seg, fuck, how do you say his name? Segrid? Cedric? I was combining him with Hagrid. (laughs) Sorry. All we had was Diggory. (laughs) But I did like when Pottermore became a thing um, because you got a lot of information about the houses. And I think the the one house that had like the most information was Hufflepuffs because you didn't really hear about them in the book. Yeah, there's more blanks to fill in. Yeah, like it was just a lot more reading that I was like, this is really interesting. Um, I even tried to like confuse a quiz one time. Yeah. So I wouldn't be a Hufflepuff, and I was still a Hufflepuff. Because you just I answered, I'm a snake to everything? Yeah. Hufflepuffs. I'm sure there's some bad Hufflepuffs. I'm sure there's bad everything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I have a question. I guess this is a topic. The Dursleys. Yeah. What's up with them? Uh, well, you know, they're all about presentation. Yeah. You know, they're all about nuclear family. You know, technically, because they couldn't say anything. Her sister was unemployed. Yeah. And so was her brother-in-law. So, the son of dead, deadbeat parents (laughs) living with us, that doesn't look good. Yeah, they just have to hide him away. Again, it's, you know, it's supposed to be humble beginnings. Yeah. They probably were more assholes then. Well, and I think it was like, um, you said how the first few books were so Mm -hmm. centered around children. So, so It was kind of more like Brawl Doll kind of thing where it it was like, here are the really bad people. Mm -hmm. And that was the Dursleys. Whereas, I'm so mad that the book didn't have it. Nope, the movie didn't have it. The book did. The moment with him and Aunt Petunia... Them just silently... It's a deleted scene, isn't it? Oh, it might be. Anyway, it wasn't in, like, the, the theatrical... Um, version. And I thought that was so important, and I felt like it was important to the story. Mm-hmm. Because it showed that, like... There was, like, that moment with Dudley, I think, in the film. Yeah. But there was well, a- again, that was... Uh... That was, maybe that was a deleted scene. Because they didn't really... But I was like, I don't know, for whatever reason, because I felt like that was the first time that Petunia was really accepting, like, or remembering her sister. I don't know, it was it was just so powerful, and I thought, like, she was this person again. And you were like, yeah, you're not actually, like, evil. And it was, like, almost... Like, you could be on her side, and it was justified the way she was had treated him well, I in mean, the past. You could look at it 
like she's supposed to be similar to Snape. Yeah. Where she loses her sister in yeah. a brutal, gruesome way. <coughs> yeah. And, you know, according to the timeline, her sister was 20. Yeah. Or 21. Yeah. And so now her son comes, who's a representation of not her, but the, the husband. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, this is like memories of her, but not enough. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's her processing the grief badly. But I feel like it was like she was, because Harry would have been 18 when that happened, when they had that moment. Mm -hmm. And like, I think she finally just was able to kind of grieve in a way. Like she just was able, it was so I don't know. I'm probably like overselling that moment, but I really liked it in the books and I was so mad to not even get that in the movies because I was like, you didn't do the Dursleys justice, I don't think. Yeah. They were still just like assholes. And, for, and, and they were. Except for Dudley. Yeah, but I think it would have been more powerful with Petunia. Than well, I think Dudley. the <coughs> that scene done well would have been the most powerful thing. Yeah, they didn't even have to say anything. Plus, Fiona Shaw's really talented. She got not a lot to work with. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, yeah, the Dursleys are interesting. And I think Richard Griffiths might be the best person imaginable to play Vernon. Yeah. Yeah. May he rest in peace. I was going to say, he was the best person. But, like, when they cast him, like, that is perfect. Yeah, I think... All of them, like that whole family was cast really well. Mm-hmm. It's because like it was like very stereotypical wide man, very stereotypical tall skinny woman. Like it was exactly how the book described those those three. I'd say, actually let's get into this. Like I thought the casting overall was really good. Yeah. You don't like the casting of Snape though. It's not that I don't like it. I love Alan Rickman and he did a hell of a job. I just think that as per the story, he should have been younger. But then again, they kind of aged up the parents, too. Yeah. Because like when they show up at the end, they are not 20. They're like in their 40s. <laughs> I would say definitely early 30s. <coughs> yeah. No, no, they would be probably in their 40s because in the first movie, I would say that they were in their 30s. Well, and then they died. Yeah, but then <laughs> when they film the last movie, they're going to look like they're in their 40s. Yeah, but I mean, what I mean is they didn't look like they were 20, 21. No. So I think it all did match up. Yeah. Because Lupin and Sirius also. Yeah. McGonagall was older in the movies than she was in the books, though. I don't think it was ever clear how old she was. That's true. Okay, she had black hair. Compared to Maggie Smith, who didn't. If that's the only thing you complain about in that casting... I which don't I think complain so, about it. I love Maggie Smith. Well, but, but that's what I mean. If that's the only drawback to casting her as McGonagall, because I think she was the perfect person for oh, that. Oh, yeah, she was. They did a great job casting I wish she was in it more. Yeah. But I, I get you can only have certain... And you probably don't want to pay too many actors. <laughs> yeah. That was a big star-studded cast. Yeah. And I thought both Dumbledores were actually really good, too. In different ways. Yeah. I do prefer the second one. Well, because he's the one that ultimately got to do shit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I like Because, like, in the first two movies, he's just sort of this godlike figure that looks down upon the students. Yeah. 
interesting. And Michael Gambon got to portray him actually <coughs> being human. Mm-hmm. Which is the theme of today. It's just they were all being human. Um, see, and like, there was stuff that that I liked and didn't like about characters, but I don't know if it was casting so much as characterization. Yeah. Like, I really didn't like Movie Ginny. No. Movie Ginny was just a weak character. Oh, well, it's just bland. Like, and the, she, was, she wasn't in it a lot, so people could say that's why, but, like, was... even the scene she was in, there's the one scene in, uh... Half-Life Prince? Yeah. Is it the shoe tying? No. No, I was talking about the... It might be the part one. No, it must be Half-Life Prince. Yes. Um, where they're running through, like, the corn field. Yeah. Where Harry goes and chases Bellatrix. Yeah. And then Ginny is, for whatever reason, the only one that could get through that fire. Like, yeah. she makes it just in time. I just, like, the way that she was portrayed in the movie, I didn't believe that scene. That that's something she would do. That's and, something that she would have, that book Ginny would yes, have done. Yes, and that's the thing. It's like, they were like, they oh, didn't well, it. well in, the mo- in the book she did it, so she has to do it here. But movie Ginny would not have done that. I would have believed it more if Ron or even Mrs. Weasley did it. I would not uh, believe that Ginny would go chase or, like, go help Harry. She was too soft-spoken. Yes. And she and, was just so boring. she kind of, like, in the book, she was kind of a female Harry, that, like, kind of mm-hmm. swashbuckling, devil-may-care. Yeah. Actually more, like, serious. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel she should have been portrayed. Yeah. So in the movie, she was just this shy little sister that... And that's why their relationship, because I didn't read the books, seemed so forced to me. It because was. I was like, oh, They got you're together just... because the script told them to. Yeah, and like, that whole kissing scene in the room of requirements. <laughs> oh, <laughs> second stroke today. Um, Cedric. There we go. Yay! <laughs> now say both of them. <clears throat> Cedric requirement. Yeah. Okay. Um... That whole scene in that requirements room, that okay. act, uh, it was so dumb. The, the kiss, I was like, no. Well, it's just because she was like, all right, now you're going to take it and put it over here. Also, she walked away for like two seconds and then came back. And I was like, there's no way. Hide it better, you dummy. Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the Harry and Ginny relationship in the movies. But what did you think of Ron and Hermione? Well, that was one that I felt was forced in the book, too. Yes. I was like, there, it's like there's no reason. In the movies, I actually liked Harry and Luna. Oh, I really liked And kind of Luna. in the books, too. Yeah. Although, Jenny, like, you know, she was, she was good. Luna's my favorite <coughs> character. I forgot about her. She's my favorite. Luna's so cool. Because she's the weird one. Yeah. Like, I figured you would like her, too. She's the quirky one. Don't call her the quirky one. <laughs> like, oh, I am quirky. Oh, sorry, the quirky one, as Jessica would say. <laughs> um, yeah, she's. She just seems like so easygoing. Even when she's in like jail, she's like, oh, hello, Harry. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, you weirdo. There was a lot of that though. Like, I, I didn't like how they did transitions and introductions. In the well, movies. you don't even hear about her till the fourth movie. And it's like, oh yeah, that's that weird girl we've known for three years prior to this moment. Well, I wish they had used actors in the background. 
Yeah. And like contracted them. Like you'll be this person. You know, be a good actor. Yeah. We would love for you know, there's two kind of blonde girls, you know, in the background of shots or like you might be next to them just in a group shot. Yeah. And that turns out to be Luna. You know who is a dumb character? Cho Chang. (laughs) (coughs) That was another relationship that I was like, I hate this. Well, maybe I just hated it because I was like, why does Harry Potter need a girlfriend? Why? Yeah, and like her relationship in the movie was just awful too. Oh, well, worse. Because again, it felt like they didn't earn it. Yeah, it was so bad. Granted, you didn't like that movie, did you? No. I Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, I was not like I've said, this will be the thrice time now that I read the the I read the first three books, but then the movies were just coming out quicker, so I was like, ah oh, fuck it, I'll just watch the movies. And I kinda liked watching the movies because I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And so I was the only person in theater that when Snape revealed himself as the Half-Blood Prince, I made a vocal reaction and went, what? And everyone laughed because that was like, yeah, idiot. And I was the one in theaters that when characters started dying, I had no clue what was, like, I was like, oh, oh, oh. Like when Snape dies, I had no idea that happened. And that, that killed me. And then the scenes following that where it shows why Snape, I was like, ah. So I liked them. And then I read the books after so that I could appreciate it more. And I was like, ah. But The Order of the Phoenix was the most confusing movie. I felt that movies overall did a good job at like, yeah, obviously they missed stuff because you can't include everything. And I was like, I could still follow the story. I know what's going on. Order of the Phoenix, I was like, what the fuck is this movie? And... To the point where you're like still trying to figure it out, and then you're like, "Oh, Sirius died. What? What's going on? He's like really dead. What? Like it was so confusing to me. What was the most confusing thing? Like the prophecy. Like you kind of understand why. Yeah, I didn't. I, I I did not understand that because I felt like it was just like looked over because people are like, "Yeah, they've they've read the books." Yeah. And now that I've read The Order of the Phoenix, it makes a lot more sense. But it blew my mind the, that the biggest Harry Potter book was the smallest movie. It was the shortest movie. But movies have to stand on their own. They yeah, and that on. one is like the sore thumb. It sticks out so badly. And even watching them now, I'm like, this movie's so dumb. <laughs> That's my least favorite movie. Out of them? Yeah. The book is quite good. But I thought the movie was just god-awful. And, like, you have one of them, I think, well, Sirius' death was, like, a huge game-changer. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, here you go, fuck you again, Harry Potter. And I could not, like, I didn't, I usually, I'm a crier. I react really poorly when it comes to deaths. And I was still so confused what I had watched that I was like, what did he... He just got sucked into some. What happened? Why is he, he disappeared? Dead? Yeah. Also, that was the thing I didn't like about Death Eaters that they, they turned to dust. Yeah. I was like, that was the whole point of killing Voldemort at the end. Was that, in the end, he was just a person. Yeah. He wasn't some ethereal being. He dies just like anybody else. Yeah. 
No, in the movies he just is like ashes. He just disappears. Yeah. So the Order of Phoenix uh, was a bad movie. Way to go, Warner Brothers. Yeah. I think it was Warner Brothers. I feel like my least favorite was probably Deathly Hallows, both part one and two. No. Well, because, again, they didn't earn the moments that they went for. The way I've heard it described is it was like they chose a page, said, let's film that, turned 15 pages later, like, all right, now let's film this next. Is Because they took out stuff, but then they didn't smooth it. So it's like, you know, there was revelations at the end, but you don't know what they are because they didn't explain it at the beginning. Like, they didn't set it up. Like, uh, I think in the Hogshead Puff, when Hermione's like, is this Ariana? Who the fuck is Ariana? Yeah. They never mention her, I don't think, before then. I don't think they do either. And it's like, but th that's from the book, so they had to do it. I didn't mind those ones as much. Just because, again, as someone who was just watching the movies, I was just really excited. But because those moments are essentially inconsequential. Because mm -hmm. they don't mean anything. Yeah, and I was actually, I was surprised how much I didn't have spoiled for me oh. about Harry Potter. I just had the one death spoiled. And it was Dumbledore's. And I was, it was uh, Shelby Percha. <sighs> and we were in Foods, Foods 10. We were talking about Harry Potter. And again, I had only been watching the movies. And... Uh, she knew I was I liked Harry Potter and she was like, oh, but like how about when Dumbledore died and I, <laughs> I had a moment of What? Because I think probably only the fourth or fifth movie was out so like I didn't know Aww. that he died and that that was sad And like the whole lead-up to Dumbledore's death is like, ugh, ugh, so heartbreaking Well, that scene in the cave is terrifying. Yes, when he's like Yeah Half-Blood Prince, man. It's a good, good book. Bad movie. Anyway. Um, I just had uh, books versus movies, which we've kind of been talking about. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is that the only thing? Yeah. All right. Well, why don't, I, uh, why don't I change tacks a little here? There's this phenomenon going around where people are arguing that Professor Umbridge is a bigger, badder villain than Voldemort. I can kind of see that. That was like the one thing I really liked about The Order of the Phoenix was Dolores because she was... Great casting. She was e e e evil. I wish we knew more about her backstory because then I can be like maybe more sympathetic towards her. Like even Voldemort, yeah, he's awful, but like he, you, you kind of can see where he's coming from. I don't agree with it, but like there's at least an explanation. Whereas Dolores Umbridge... You don't really know anything about her, and she's just this awful person, and it just shows how corrupt the ministry was and how the education system was. And it's just, it could be related to, like, politics, <laughs> to politics and the school system now. And it's just, it's so, I loved that character because it was like, look what she can get away with. Well, the simplest explanation for me was that she was an evil that people could understand. Not many people have dealt with totalitarian regimes. Yeah. Like, you know, a Hitler. Yeah. Well, a lot of people dealt with that, but no one, you know, people <laughs> reading Harry Potter, everyone has had a bad teacher. Yes. Everyone has had a teacher that they felt 
like was abusive and broke the rules and singled them out. Yeah. I felt like Dolores was personified as like every child, like you were saying, child's experience with a bad teacher, but like to the extreme. So like even if they were like, oh, I have to stay and do lines in detention. It was like, but it felt like as I was writing it, it was getting scratched into my hand. So I feel like she's just like the huge on the way opposite end of the spectrum. Then. Then like, like just a bad teacher. It was like, yeah, but she was evil and she, she always smiled and she smelled like kitty cats. Well, yeah. And it, you know, it, like I said, it's, it's an evil people understand. Mm -hmm. But I read someone arguing that, like, yeah, no, I wanted to see <coughs> Voldemort in prison. Damn it. I wanted to see he who must not be named in prison. Voldemort, yeah. But I wanted her dead. I was like, but he was murdering how many people? Yeah. You can't downplay what he did because she was a bad teacher. Yeah. Or because she yeah. was a corrupt. Like, she was lawful evil. Uh-huh. I also really liked that she didn't really have a raise her voice and she was just like <laughs> well there's more power yes a hundred percent and people forget that because they're they just think like oh i'm i'm angry and mean rah 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 i remember talking we obviously study theater so we you know have been taught how to characterize and stuff like that how to portray emotions and i remember talking to someone that's like you know when you're first starting out you think you know emotion equates to volume Sometimes it's the lack of volume. Yeah. Well, that's, um, this is not Harry Potter at all, but Miranda Priestly, who was played by Meryl Streep. Devil Wears Prada. Mm-hmm. Um, she was such a fantastic, quote, villain because she never had to raise her own, she never had to raise her voice. Everything was just like so calm and soothing even though she was like a hundred percent telling you you were the worst piece of shit on the planet but she didn't need to say that because it was just how she was delivering her shit well i mean actually Voldemort started the same way yeah except for at the end when man ray finds just gets weird <laughs> <laughs> hugging hugging Tom. draco oh my god oh that was so funny the improvised hug that you could tell tom was like but I, I like villains that do that. I like villains that don't succumb to that. You know that they're totally in control. Yeah. Uh, Lee Pace is actually really good at playing those villains, too. He plays uh, Ronan in Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. He's also Thranduil in uh, the Hobbit trilogy. Cool. The Elf King. But, like, you know, I like people like that. Yeah. Um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I love it! It's... It's pretty cute. I know, but I just love that they're making more Harry Potter movies because I I know it's not Harry Potter, but it is based in the world of the yeah. wizarding world. And I just, I love that even though the books are done, because I know you didn't like part two, I, but like I you, like must, you must have had book. like some moment of going, this is the last one. I had that reading the book. Yeah. And so it's so cool now that A, it's like a new generation that gets... Mm -hmm. a new kind of spinoff of that world but like also for people who are our age and older because harry potter is for all ages they get to now learn more about the world they fell in love with so i, I and i also just like the other side of it 
and it's on a different side of the world and it's super cool. Well, seeing, you know, hearing of other wizarding schools and yeah. uh, the government in other ways. And I really like the mythology of Obscurials. So cool. Which explains possibly what Ariana had. Well, and I think, like, that's pretty much confirmed because the way they explain it, I'm like, that's how they explain. And, but, like, when you hear about it in Harry Potter, you're like, what does that even mean? Like, oh, that's... And then watching Fantastic Beasts, it was like, is that what she was? To a much different extent. Like, they yes. go through pain to explain that he is the oldest. But Ariana wasn't ever. old, right? No, no, I think she was like 13 or something yeah. when she died. But that's what I mean is that the Credence, I yeah. think his name is, yeah. is the oldest Obscurial to ever yeah. have lived or in history. Yeah. And so he's more powerful than any of them. Exactly. And I think she was just a little bit of one. Yeah. Well, yeah, all, like all the kids that had it, they lost control of a power that they was too big for them and then they all died so that's also super sad if that's what she did have because that story was already sad and it tore a family apart so but it also makes me think Hagrid and how important it was for him to get to Harry at the beginning of the first book yeah because Harry was living in an environment where they were trying to make him repress it yeah and not be magic and he was wanting that too so seeing a person that was like, it's okay, is like probably what turned him from going down that path yeah. and dying at a young age yeah. to going down another path and dying at a young age for a whole bunch of people he cared about. Yep. Classic Harry Potter. I also think one of the, one of the things I like is they kind of go against the, like the whole class system <laughs> and like the four houses for a bit and talk about... How it's not what house you're in, but it's the choices you make. They do it with choosing which house, but... I'm also interested to, like, because you said we're learning about different parts of the world and stuff. And there's obviously tons of wizarding schools. And mm -hmm. I'm interested to see if they're all kind of have the sorting system. That'd be kind of cool to find out. Or how they do it. Yeah. Like if it's always four different houses well it's it's YA dystopian fiction there's always four groups yeah unless it's Hunger Games anyways mm -hmm. yeah it's just interesting to me how they set up the whole you're different from Voldemort because of the choices you made mm -hmm. as opposed to like you, you're destined to be this way and that's what like with the prophecy too is like Dumbledore's like it doesn't matter like, this prophecy doesn't make a difference to you. You can walk away. He's not going to. You can leave. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Dumbledore, as played by John Grease. Mm. <laughs> I love Dumbledore. But it's, yeah, you can walk away if you want. It's choice. But he's an evil dick. Yeah. So you should choose to defeat him. Anyway, I thought that was cool. Mm -hmm. uh, anything else? Um, I love Harry Potter. I will always love Harry Potter. And one day I will go to the wizarding world of Harry Potter. And drink ridiculously sugary butterbeer? Just be there. Buy a wand. Probably cry. Uh, if that's all, thank you so much for joining us. 
And until next time, practice makes perfect and Chimera makes Voldemort. podcasts.